Wednesday, 10th of February, Buckingham Palace. There's a refreshing element of flippancy in the telegrams which FDR and Winston exchange. In his last one, the former says, referring to the de Gaulle-Giraud relationship, how are things between your bride and bridegroom, and is the crockery flying about? I hope the marriage has been consummated. There was a good telegram from Alexander, too. On 18th August, you instructed me to expel the enemy with all his impedimenta from Egypt, Libya, Cyrenaica, and Tripolitana. This has now been accomplished, and I await your further orders. His further orders, which Winston is to announce in the House of Commons tomorrow, will be to range himself under Eisenhower as deputy C&C of the Allied Army, while Tedder takes supreme command of the air. All who know him agree that Ike Eisenhower is a thoroughly honest and capable soldier. C. Portal, to whom I sat next at luncheon today, was loud in his praises. Friday, 12th of February. Eric Mieville, his leg looking like that of a horse that has got into barbed wire, has returned to duty, and Alec Harding, though still far from well, is back at St. James's Palace and able to deal with the boxes. So I went down to Clouds Hill, where I found Joan a bit better, after a hysterectomy and a severe attack of sciatica, but still suffering a lot. She has, fortunately, got an admirable, large, solid nurse, a Lincolnshire woman called Brocklesby. John is here, too, on ten days' sick leave after his influenza. Gandhi has started his fast, on the prospect of which an unending series of telegrams have been passing between the Viceroy and the Secretary of State. Linlithgow wanted to leave Gandhi to starve or not as he felt disposed, but neither his council nor his governor would support him in that. Probably rightly.